Welcome to another episode of Successly Live. I'm Adam O'Donnell, the co-founder of Successly. Today, I'm super excited to be here with Dave Jackson. So Dave is the CEO of the customer Co. So basically, it's a consulting company that helps with customer success. Dave has cool experience. He's actually had a successful exit in the past and been in customer success type roles for the majority of, um, of his career. So we're going to be diving into this new concept that he's launched on LinkedIn uh, in Q, I guess, Q3 called the Customer Success 2.0. This is something that fired me up just reading it. It's not what you're expecting. It's it's different, and it's kind of helped moving the industry to where it needs to go. So, Dave, if you would first just kind of explain what that actually means, customer success 2.0. Based on a simple premise that where else would you buy a product to do certain things, um, and then that product, to make it really work, well, you do two things. You put a team in place because the product's not easy to use. Therefore, you put a support team in place. And then that doesn't go far enough because you can use the product, but you're not really getting value out of it. So you put a second team in place, which is called the customer success team. Um, and so customer success 2.0 came down to the fact, well, why don't we, rather than thinking of customer success as building a team, why don't we do what the philosophy is really about, which is um, building a product which does what it says, i.e. delivering success to customers. And that's how it started, and it's just grown from there. It's really just the idea of don't just focus on adding team after team after team to try to solve the core problem, which is the actual product. So, I mean, just the first thing I'm, I know a lot of our audience is thinking is, well, where do we fit in? Where, do, where does customer success fit in if you're already a customer success leader? If you're a customer success leader, one of your challenges is how do I um, get my customers to be successful? And if, if you're in SaaS particularly, if you're B2B SaaS, You've got to think about that as how do I make that scale? And the problem with thinking it from a team perspective is the only way you can make it scale is by adding more bodies. Every 50 new customers, every 200 new customers, every 500 new customers, we add more people. Um, and you might deliver success on the back of that, but your investors, and, and if you're looking for an exit and looking to make money, you're not really growing margin at a significant rate. Um, so that the, the problem with it is if you're a leader, you've really got to think about how do I scale customer success massively without adding massive amounts of cost? And that's part of what's behind the idea of success 2.0, scalability uh, through product rather than scalability through people. That makes sense. So, I mean, could you kind of just break down how you did it in the LinkedIn articles of like the overall premise of it? The primary vehicle for delivering product, sorry, success is the product. Um, and we should put all of our efforts and our initial thinking into how do we build the customer success process into the product rather than into a team of people. And it followed on from there that said, okay, well, if that's the case, if we think about product market fit, product market fit, which is a key stage in the development of a, of a SaaS company, has got to be not just that I've got customers, but I've got customers that I can deliver success to at scale. And the, so the, the charter just grew out of, of that. It was really just some very simple basic thinking that said, why do we have to do everything through people all the time? We're a product company, first and foremost, and that's where we should be putting most of our efforts. So to me, Customer Success 2.0 is about a customer success leader going to their chief exec or the chief exec themselves saying, actually, rather than hire more people, customer success managers, I want to hire more devs. And I will put my effort into developing into the product 
the process that we uh, that we want to take customers through. <laughs> I mean, that yeah, this this is going to make some people uncomfortable because it seems like, well, why isn't that just handled under product? Like, if I'm an existing customer success leader, why 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 didn't pro- why isn't product just figuring that one out on their own? Like, why why do they need us? Well, that's a good point, Adam, and it, part of that boils down to the difference between customer success as a philosophy which lots of people talk about. You know, we talk about customer success being something which is right across the company um, and customer success being a team. And I think if you take it from a philosophy perspective, there is no issue there at all. The issue is, back to the same question, how do we make customer success and therefore the business scale massively without investing in people all the time? Because I want to scale margin as much as I do revenue. Where does this leave like the normal customer success platform that, a lot of people, we found that 30% of people have invested in purchasing. Where does that leave that kind of technology? Because I know that you still said that you need that 360 view of the customer in, a, in real time. Yeah. So, so um, I've always been a believer in, in 360. When ClickTools, one of the early decisions we made was that we would not have multiple platforms. Um, we adopted Salesforce, I think, in 2001, um, and we stuck at it. We stuck at so everything we did, we built into Salesforce. The only time that we moved away from that was we had an accounting package, which was Sage, and we moved that over to Financial Force because that gave us a better visibility um, on, on the common platform. And we used uh, Marketo for marketing automation because we couldn't do some of that in, in Salesforce at the time. Different now. Um, so the, the single view of the customer is absolutely key. The data is absolutely key. And I don't think customer success software, you know, things like Gainsight and Strike Deck and Tatango and those other packages, they don't disappear because, um, you know, I don't think that CSM disappear completely. They're just fewer of them and they do different things. <clears throat> the way that the software, customer success software, differentiates in the future is increasingly it will be about orchestrating activities on a one-to-many base, which many of them do now, but on a much more significant scale. So we'll be much more tech touch. Um, right across the board, not just for our our lower paying customers, but for all customers. Um, and of course, the basis of it all is data. Um, you know, I've, I'm doing work with a PE company, and one of the big issues that a lot of companies have got is we don't have sufficient data about our customers. Well, that's true, and you need to correct that. Um, and I think we're entering an era where if you look at other technologies like machine learning and AI, our ability to manage large volumes of data again, it's going to increase significantly. So that will just drive more and more and more automation. <clears throat> so, you know, some of our product-led customer success might not all be built into the product, but it should all be orchestrated through the product rather than through a team. So a change in the amount of data we've got, a change in the ability of technology to handle that data, uh, and a change in the balance between what's done by people and what's done by through product. So say I'm a customer success leader at a SaaS company with about 500 employees. Like that's the size of the company. What what should I start doing right now to start moving in this um, direction? Yeah. One, making sure that I have got a very rich data picture about my customers. Um, so all of my usage data I want to, to have available to me. All of my R- customer ROI value data I want available. All of my marketing data I want available. All of my interaction data I want available. <clears throat> um, so one is pull together a very, very rich data picture. The second is start to look at tools like machine learning, 
and what I call applied AI rather than general AI. Uh, applied AI is how can AI use, be used to do a specific task uh, and start looking at and investing in those. And, and these are not technologies of the future. These are technologies of now. And then the third thing is, well, if I've got a rich data picture, if I've got the right tools, how do I need to build hooks into and capability into my product um, so that I can deliver that messaging, deliver that value through the product itself? And so, and the other thing you need to think about as a, as a customer success leader is, what does my organization actually look like? Because at the moment, it's dominated by teams of CSMs. I think customer success organizations in the future will be full of data scientists, maybe even our own dev team that's dedicated to building customer success as a product capability. <clears throat> um, we will have customer success managers in the way that we know them now, but they'll not be doing onboarding. They won't be doing adoption. They won't be doing the basic things about how the product works and how to get value out of it. I think there'll be much more around business coaching um, and process change design. So working with customers at a much higher level because the other stuff will be taken care of through through massive automation. It makes a lot of sense. So it's really just up-leveling what we're doing. What, what Where are we spending our time that could be automated? Let's help encourage that. Uh, but before we do any yeah. of that, we've got to understand where things are. And, and it's our responsibility to centralize the data around us so that we can make those best decisions um, as, as possible. So it's not all doom and yeah. uh, gloom and doom here. Like we're not just going to lose our jobs here. We're just going to be up-leveling our jobs in a way that is going to be helping the customer achieve their, their success. But we're not, we're not going to be the crux of the organization that's just trying to cover up these real inherent problems that we're not addressing in the product. Well, I actually think we will be the, the crux of the organization. It's just that we won't be um, the, you know, the large um, team in the organization. We'll be a smaller team, but very much more focused um, on exploiting technology and really supporting our customers through business change. There was a, I can't remember who said it, but saying something along the lines of, um, to the computer, the work of automation, to the man, the work of, of, um, of relationships. And I think that's where we're going. And, and AI doesn't really worry me. It will change the way that we do our jobs um, and it will change some jobs. Um, but if you look in the past, if you look over history, every new development te technology has changed what we do. But again, throughout that time, employment's continued to rise. So in the longer term, I'm not concerned about numbers of jobs. Uh, I do think the people that will suffer, those that don't adapt to the new technologies. And that's not new. I, I completely agree. The one thing that I'm kind of thinking of is just the ability to influence product decisions. Uh, through our research, we've, we have heard that that's continually a challenge to be like, because customer success sees the problems, but they are not the ones who can actually fix them in the product, because that's product. And all they can do is throw feedback over the wall or have meetings with the VP of product. So I don't know if you have any suggestions on, if we're centralizing the data around us and we know where the customer's hurting and we know how the product needs to improve, how do we influence product to get them to, to do it? Because they're not the ones on the phone with the customer every day. One of the things we do is we go to the chief execs um, and say, um, how would you like more margin? Um, and when he or she says yes, because they're not going to answer no, you say, well, this is how we do it. We shift our model from being people-based to being product-based. And you can, do some, you can do the math around that. Um, you know, you can look at the percentage of, of uh, activities that you can drive through self-service, through 
um, really intelligent automation. Um, and you, you know, just say, okay, at the moment we're delivering you, you know, the X points of margin. In the future, I'll deliver you five X points of margin. You've got the CEO on board, and then it becomes a debate as to, well, you know, where, what's low hanging fruit? Where can we start to apply this approach first? And, and that's, you know, all too often we go to, um, to, to chief execs and to the, to the leadership teams and say, oh, we want more resource. We want more resource. It's about time. said so we actually, we need to do things differently. Yeah, just going to the top and saying, hey, we know what you care about. Here's how I think we can get there and how I can help lead us to get there. But that's what being part of a leadership team is about. It's about recognizing, you know, the goals for the company. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't have any qualms about that. You know, we're in business to make money. Um, and if we can find new ways of making money, which are good for our customers, which are good for our people in the long term, um, then I think it's incumbent on us to bring those ideas forward and, and to push those. But all too often, that's, you know, so we, we go with the, with the, um, the wrong intent. We go in needing more, 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 rather than talking about how can we do different and better um, and greater margin. You had an interesting um, chat interview with um, one of the VC guys. Yeah, Doug Landis ago. about quotas. Yeah. So I think the whole thing around around CS and revenue is one which is um, an important one. And, and it wasn't in the CS 2.0 charter to start with, but I'm just about, in fact, when I listened to that video, that interview, I, um, I swore because I just started an article. It's called Why Hunters and Farmers Are Dead. Um, and it was a whole concept that, you know, customer success has got to be seen as a revenue generator. <clears throat> and I think if we get it right, it's not seen as a, a revenue generator, it's seen as a margin generator. Because it's the margin piece, I think. We've got. So maybe something around, you know, the financials around it is probably the best thing to, uh, to end on. I focused on that a lot. I know, Adam, but, you know, I think having, when I was a chief exec at Click Tools, um, I always have always believed in the importance of customer focus, um, but I've always believed in a way of doing that which is good for the bottom line. And I happen to believe fundamentally that if you do the right things for customers, you do the right things for your employees, the shareholders will get the right thing out of it anyway. That is that is good. But so you're basically you're you're going you're pushing against Doug a little bit and and saying that maybe quotas isn't the right way. No, I'm not. I'm not actually. I, I think. Um, because in the in the interview, Doug actually said it's maybe not about comp, it's not about commission, it's about bonus. Um, and I think I agree with that point. You have to find a clever way of uh, rewarding people, which um, um, which which doesn't. One of, one of the problems with compensation commission, particularly, is if you don't think it through, it can be destructive. Yep. So I know one organisation. I'll not name it, but. Um, you know, they had comp schemes for every part of their sales pipeline and customer success pipeline. The problem was that they were so narrowly focused, the pipeline as a whole didn't work because everybody was, was focused on making their bit work, not making the whole bit work. Just moving forward, what are some areas that we can go and find more information about this process? Is it literally just your LinkedIn articles? Is that the best place to go? Yeah, the LinkedIn stuff is, uh, um, I'm, I'm writing some more um, pieces around customer success 2.0 um, so and they'll all go to to LinkedIn so if you look if you search customer success 2.0 on LinkedIn I've got a, a company page dedicated to that um, so everything I write goes onto there um, I'm also looking at developing some 
uh, some tools and guides as to how people can start to do that. Um, I think the, you know, the way that you start to help people with this is you explain what it is that you think is needed. <clears throat> That's the piece we're at the moment. And then as part of that, why it's necessary. And then you go on to the how. So I think, you know, a lot of the what and the why is, um, is just about finished. Um, and then come the new year, we'll start to turn much more about how do we do this? How do we identify value? How do we actually build a success process into the product itself? Um, so I'm looking at ways of, you know, simple, just simple tools that, that people can pick up and say, okay, that'll help me think through that process and bring it to life into in my organization. Are you suggesting tools like a Pindo, like user IQ, like in walk me, stuff like that? When I wrote the piece on, on the role of software, customer success software in 2.0, um, I think, as I say, most of them have been built and their, their business models are primarily on, on um, seats. It's the number of users pricing model. The problem is that that's not sustainable. And if we're moving more of what we're doing through customer success into the product, then customer success software also has to change. So I think things like Pendo, UserIQ, um, Splunk is another one in, in, that, in that world. Tools that actually log how users are using the product in great detail and then using that data to drive insights, but then also using that data to drive interventions and actions which are very very context specific what the customer is doing at that point in time i think are absolutely key so i think you know the the strike decks and the gain sites of this world will change towards being orchestrators of that sort of intervention product led product based intervention rather than people led intervention it's just a natural extension of the shift to uh, to product based customer success I completely agree, man. That this has been incredible, Dave. Thank you so much for your time. Um, just, I mean, I, I I learned a lot. I think you helped share this new. You're help to, helping to push us forward as an industry. We've got to ask the tough questions, and it's not always easy. But it, there's a huge, there's hope moving forward. There's huge opportunities for people in this current uh, industry. So yeah, I agree. It's been incredible. Yeah, th I mean, thank you so much for your time. We, I look forward to doing. We got to do a follow up interview in 2018. Uh, this, so this has been this has been awesome. But another great episode of Success Lives. Mm -hmm.